So God talked to me at Meadowbrook on January the 20th, 1983, and told me to start a church. And I said, I can't pastor or preach, meaning I'm an art teacher. And he said, that's not what I said. And then, like, this heaviness came on me for a few minutes. And I started asking everybody. And I sent a letter to this John Wimber because I had couple of tapes, cassette tapes, and I'd seen a magazine article. And he wrote back and he said, I'm going to be at Nashville at the Belmont Church in April. Why don't you come and we'll go out afterwards? So he and Carol was there and um, another young man that was helping him. They were starting to make tapes of their services and things. that, uh, And they had a series on healing that they had for sale. And I adopted him that night. I said, I don't, I don't know if you want me, but I want you. And he talked to the young man. He says, uh, give this young man 100 cassettes. He said, give me your address, and I'll send you a catalog. And he did, and it came in a few weeks. And I circled everything I could think of on there that looked interesting. And then in a few more weeks, I had 100 cassettes that I listened to over and over. And, uh, and then I went to... California to the MC510 Mission Course 510 class that they had and they rented the building in Anaheim that eventually would become their building and thousands of people were there from different places and it was just more of what I heard like that except it was right there in front of me and it was it was if I could have invented something it was that and more it was, it was not like you can hear John talking. He's in front of a bunch of people. But if you were having lunch with him at a table, he sounds just like that. He was just that way. He was very convincing because it had started at their house in different places. And it started while he was still on the road. And when he got back, they were standing outside with the windows open and inside the house. And Carl Tuttle, who's been here, was playing his guitar. And they had learned that when they sang songs to God directly, that it seemed to invite God's presence in the room. So they started finding all the songs that they could find that was to God. Not about, it was okay to have songs about God, but it was the love songs to God. And John came back. He'd been talking to him on the road. He says, this is not going to go anywhere. And then God started talking to him through different people. And he was at a conference on, on spiritual growth, and there was a Lutheran pastor. I'm looking over at Jamie as I'm pointing. And this Lutheran pastor walked up to him and had a piece of paper and he says, uh, 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 God was uh, talking to me while you were talking, and, uh, and he told me to write this down and to, and to bring it to you, so here, and he left. And Wimber unfolded the piece of paper, and it said simply, go home. <laughs> so he told his wife, Carol, he says, I think God wants me to pastor this, but I'm not going to tell them. And one by one, all those people in his living room would come up and say, you know, John, I think you're my pastor. I think that you should lead us in how to do this. 
So they started meeting at the city park, and more people came. And pretty soon in Yorba Linda, a little area down the road outside of Anaheim, which is the bigger city, but Yorba Linda is maybe bigger now. And uh, they rented uh, a place, and then they rented Canyon High School on Sunday nights, and they'd roll all their stuff in, and they would, they would, they would do it there. And Carl would play his guitar, and John would play uh, electric piano. And John wrote, What a Wonder You Are, Jesus, What a Wonder You Are, and started writing a couple. He wrote a song called Isn't He, just really simple little love songs. So I was ready to quit one time, and we were meeting in New Orleans, and we had this uh, big... uh, conference thing going on and people from all kinds of denominations were there and after the first kind of meeting they were going to have an afternoon workshop thing and john was down down there and there wasn't really anybody around right then because they'd gone off to different places to do workshops and i walked up and he said hey jim i said hi, hi john john I, i'm he's just can i do something for you i said yeah i'm, I'm really i really just think i should quit you know I've been doing this for a while, and uh, uh, I enjoy doing it, but I don't seem to be very good at it. And he said, well, um, those simple questions, you know, are, you, are y'all worshiping? Yes, sir. Are, are you uh, reading scripture and looking into it together as a people? Yes, sir. Are you trying to take care of people? Are you, are you praying for people? sick or not sick, whatever their need is, are you doing that? Um, Are you trying to take care of the poor when you get a chance? Yes, sir. Well, then just go keep doing that. That was a long time ago. I get distracted. I'm kind of ADD, and I get off on different things and doing it. I want to read Psalms 22 to you before we quit for just a minute. This is King David... New American Standard. If you're like me, you have times, you may have four or five hardships going on right now at, the, at the, this very moment. Or you might just have one. Or you might have none, which is odd because life is more hardships usually than no hardships. So appreciate if it's an easy day because I can guarantee they'll quit, they'll end. You'll end up having hard days, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, amen. And David had had some rough times. So you really take this to heart. David that's been on the run. David who's God had said you're going to become the king, you know. He says in chapter 20, verse 1, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. That's what we're asking for when we cry out. May the name of the God of Jacob set you securely on high. Yes, we want that. May he send you help from the sanctuary and support you from Zion. May he remember all your meal offerings and find your burnt offerings acceptable. All, all that we offer of ourselves. We, we convert ours to cash or something or a check or something, but we're, we're taking from our, our life And we're giving it to him and honoring him. Verse 4, may he grant you 
your heart's desire and to fill all your counsel or purpose. This is David saying this. David's saying this not because he's looking for a sermon to say to his people. He's, he's saying this because he has experienced this when he's hiding out in a cave, when he's somewhere else. Verse 5, we will sing for joy over your victory. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. You know, like banners that say, you know, like you can always tell when there's an Alabama or Auburn football game because people put their banners all over their houses. You don't even have to question. On their cars, they have it. Some of them permanently put decals on. They got their banners of what teams they're for. You know, set up our, the, the banner in the name of our God and may the Lord fulfill all your petitions. I got, I got petitions right now. And I have seen him answer many of them. I've seen him do miraculous things. Um, our friend from Australia who dyed his hair all red when he came here. I, I lose track. What's his, do you remember his name? I go blank for just a minute. The only miracle that has taken place in front of me, and I didn't see it, it was in a split second, was because uh, he had come from Australia and he was teaching some here. He died in his sleep the other day. A.J. Nichols keeps up with him. And he's gone back to Australia. And when he was here, Terry Lowe, Terry Lowe was one of our street friends, and uh, Terry had developed cataracts. And he was a black man, so it was real obvious that his dark eyes had these big white circles right in the center of them. And Terry was coming by that night because anytime there was cars, he knew there'd be a handout of something. And he walked in and he said, Pastor Jim, I need a little money. I said, well, I think I have some, but come here. I want you, I want you to get, I want this guy to pray for you, the guy with the red hair. <laughs> he had spiked it up in the middle. And I brought Terry uh, over here. There was about 20 or 30 of us in the room. And uh, he said, yeah, what can I do for you? And I said, he's got cataracts. Now, me being the good vineyard person kind of in the background is sort of like when I would pray for people, for me to hear, it was hard for me to hear looking straight at you. I usually had to close my eyes for a moment and kind of center inside, you know, kind of get myself calm. So, so I turned away to hear God and turned the time, what I'm doing right here, turned away like this to hear, and he's praying for him, and I turned back. The cataracts had disappeared. I didn't get to see that. It was that fast. Did they shrink? Did they evaporate? I don't know. The next year, I, I, they asked me, his, his daughter asked me to speak at Terry's funeral. All Terry's family were um, in the automotive industry in Detroit. They came down, and they had made some good money because they had some fine cars and <laughs> stuff. And Terry liked living on the street, liked 
staying in people's houses and he would find friends that would have like a side porch or something that they would let him rent for the night for like $5. And he would spend his winters that way. He liked being like that. So I know Terry's for the Lord. Yeah. So maybe the next time I'll see a miracle right that second. But I've seen a lot of other things. And it's, and it's everything that Wimber said that time at the conference. Just keep on doing it. Make yourself available. Pray for people when they ask for prayer. Or if you sense the Spirit telling you to pray for them, ask their permission if you feel drawn to someone somewhere. Ask their permission and then pray for them. Do any of you see my little thing that happened this last week? I wrote in Facebook. Patsy and I, uh, our were, um, I'll end with this, our uh, 17th anniversary was last Saturday. And I realized this last Tuesday that, uh, Tuesday before that, that I had made no plans. This was Tuesday before the 23rd. Oh, my goodness. How did this happen? So I, I sent her a note, and I said, Hey, what do you think about going to the beach this weekend? And she sent back, you know, her tender note was, Well, how much is it going to cost? Uh, so I, I found uh, a room and a price, and, and we went back and forth kind of, and it came up with, Well, what if we go down there on the 23rd? We kind of pack on Friday, and we go down early, get off early, and get down there and, and stay three nights and come back on Tuesday, which actually helped a lot because it helped the price change because there weren't all these young younger people, and there's a lot of military people around Pensacola area, so we went to Pensacola Beach. So we went to uh, a, a restaurant called Flounders. It's just a really big open-air restaurant, and on Saturday evening, you know, and it's Saturday, late Saturday afternoon, and everybody's there. And so we sat on some picnic tables. That was a place that we could sit, and there was a volleyball game going on, and she immediately got hit on the head by the volleyball. Uh, it bounced off her head, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, so uh, our waitress, I think her name was Jeannie, and uh, Jeannie shared the same uh, uh, little station where you know you put in the orders and you and you do everything and so Jeannie came over uh as we were getting through eating and she said your your meal has been paid for wow okay uh wow well thank them for us and she walked over to the uh little station area and there was another guy that was serving uh, on on over and working the same place and and uh she came back just immediately and said, would you like to meet them? Yes. Well, uh, their server says they're about ready to leave. I said, well, I'll come right now. And Patsy was finishing up, and I went over to them, and it was a, a, a young woman, about 30. Her name was Nikita, and uh, I don't remember her mother-in-law's name. Mother-in-law was there, and then Nikita had her 5-year-old and 7-year-old. And uh, Patsy came over by then, and I introduced her. This is my wife, and uh, they said, well, we just wanted to honor uh, my husband, her, her son. 
he was killed a year ago today. And we just wanted to buy someone a meal. And we said, well, we didn't tell anybody coming in here. This is our 17th anniversary right now at the time we're here. And I showed her some pictures. They cried. We cried. Because God knows how to put people together. And I took their hands for a minute, prayed for them. I didn't want to ask any questions. I wanted to know what happened. You know, and, I, and Patsy was, uh, she said, well, we're, I'd said, we're from North Alabama. And Patsy says, well, where are y'all from? And they said, we're from the western side of Indiana. One of our daughters lives in Indianapolis and has three kids up there. And so uh, we left and went, wasn't that weird? Wasn't that God's way of doing things? So all I know is pray for Nikita. It's a year into this. And, uh, and her mother-in-law loss of her son and her boys. And she had been working a lot of little jobs, and she's a stay-at-home mom now, and she told us that much. So um, did I finish chapter? I didn't finish, did I? <laughs> I got fulfill all your petitions. Verse 6, now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him. From his holy heaven, with the saving strength of his right hand, some boast in chariots, some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and, and stood upright. Save, O Lord, and may the king answer us in the day we call. The difference about Christianity in every in every other religion is there's someone on the other end when you talk he responds but that's a two-way thing sometimes he talks and out of the blue he tells you like somebody in the new testament saying i want you to go down to straight street there's a guy named saul who is blind, and I want you to pray for him. Well, Lord, uh, he persecutes Christians. I'm sending you. <laughs> and you know the rest of that story. You never know what he's going to do. So we bless you this Lord's Day, this All Saints Day, this Halloween. We bless you today, Lord. We thank you that John listened to you and all those around him listened to you. And they have gone on to spread the fact that the kingdom of God is real, that you are alive, and you interact with your children, and you also hear us, like David says in Psalm 20. It's a two-way thing going on here between us and you. So whatever petitions different people have today that they're holding before you, may they know that you have heard them. You may say yes, you may say no, not now. You might say sometimes later. You may say nothing to us, but it doesn't mean that you didn't hear it. And we know that you're a loving God. We know that you care about us.
that you just didn't make humanity to make something. We know it's personal, and we love you. In Jesus' name, we always pray it. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Have mercy upon us. Don't give us what we deserve. May mercy triumph over judgment. Thank you.